When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here on 1049 The Horn, 512 Friday, we play jams from local bands and artists uh, that you got a chance, you can get a chance to hear live right here in the ATX, the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is The Stacks. They're doing a show tonight at Hotel Vegas. I kind of like this, though. It's nice. Yeah, it's a nice jam. Um, all right, uh, that's I'm sure I can say that for a lot of the artists that my man Patrick plays. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, you can be a part of the show, 512-337-3776. Uh, that's the number to the Specs text line. You also hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis, and I am at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Uh, there are a couple of NFL news notes and nuggets uh, that I want to get to here and one, I think, will lead us into a conversation talking about the Houston Texans. I uh, saw this story today, and it was a little strange because um, Sean Payton himself mm. had publicly stated, uh, he was on Colin Cowherd's show, had publicly stated that he believed the price tag for him was just going to be a first-round pick. And I think he even said mid to late first-round pick. Yep. So everybody was thinking, okay, middle late first-round pick. Everybody was cool with it, right? Cool. You were, you was excited like about it, right? Reasonable price tag, baby. I love that. Well, now, according to Jeff Duncan, inflation, inflation <laughs> of NOLA.com. He's reported that the Saints general manager, Mickey Loomis, is coveting a package in the ballpark of what the Oakland Raiders received for the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, in exchange uh, for John Gruden. When they traded inflation, inflation received from Bucks, which was uh, they got two first round draft picks as well as two second rounders. That's it. According to Duncan, Peyton is uh, though to be seeking a salary in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 million dollars annually. So, in addition to giving up two first round picks and more potentially, um, you also going to pay. You got to pay the man. You got to pay Sean Payton twenty to twenty five million dollars. And I don't think that's a concern. I think that was expected. But man, the two first round picks now and two plus first round picks. Yeah. Little, first round picks, two first round picks, and a little bit more. I think is what they're asking. Yeah. Inflation. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sold on this being completely factual. Mm-hmm. The last three days, there has been a lot of conflicting reports around Sean Payton. Like you keep hearing different things. I could believe that if the Carolina Panthers called the Saints and wanted Sean Payton, they say, you better pay him $25 million, we want two first and two seconds because you're a divisional rival. I think if most of these other teams do it, because Sean Payton's not going to go. Like he's just going to go, no, that's a silly price. By the way, Saints, I'm coming back. You got fired Dennis Allen. Yeah. 
By the way, I'm not re-signing. So in two years, when I'm a free agent, when I'm a free agent, I'm gone, and you just fired your new next coach. I will leave your like. He has leverage in this as well. Sean Payton does. Oh, I, I know he has. He's leverage. trying to be nice I think and say, "I'm going to get you a first round pick if you want to." You're now being greedy and you're trying to hurt other teams. You're trying to hurt me, and I don't have I, to do that. I think it's just smart business, though. If you start, and I think what Sean, Sean Payton screwed them over. Yeah. When Sean Payton went on television and said it's a mid to a late first round pick, yeah. he screwed them over because everybody knows that you there's a starting point in negotiations and where you start. Is not usually where you're going to end up compromising. Yeah. All right. You start at a higher end of things, and then you have to compromise. You know, on whatever it is, and that compromise is usually not getting everything you want. So I think because he said middle to a late first rounder, there are teams that are saying, "Oh man, we probably can get get him for a high second rounder." Then our chart says that uh, uh-huh. the that a mid yeah. to a middle to a late first round pick actually equals this, and we can do it with. Two third round picks. No, 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 no. So that's why now, because Sean Payton out there and ran his damn mouth too much with Colin Cowherd, <laughs> now it's like, now we got to say that it's two first round picks and more. So now we can right. negotiate and bargain down and haggle down to a first round pick and then maybe a, a late or a mid uh, round pick of some kind. So I think this is Sean Payton's fault. Yeah, so I, I could see this that. This is Sean Payton's fault. I, I, and that's why they got to start, they, they got to reset. The negotiating uh, point. That is very. Yeah, got to reset it. I, yeah. I also, I also am not sold on the twenty five million dollars for Sean Payton's salary. I, that also is Denver said they were going to pay a coach twenty to twenty five millions. Carolina can do it. He would. That would make him almost double the second highest paid coach in the NFL history. In Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick mm-hmm. makes twelve million a year. Yeah. So it, it's a pretty growth. Now I could believe to get his entire staff in there. You're going to have to go 20 to 25 million because he's going to want to bring in his own personnel people. He's going to want to bring in his own coordinators, his own coaches. So the whole bill is going to be around there. Yeah. But I don't think it's Sean Payton starting there and then go, Vic Fangio makes another three and uh, I want this OC. He makes another one. And I, like that, just all those numbers seem like a guy who writes for New Orleans who doesn't want to see him go anywhere. And it, it seems a little bit more grandiose than every single other report that has been out there. Yeah, what but I'm I, saying. I think it's coming from sources inside. The house, <laughs> right, 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 um, right, because I think it benefits Sean Payton for the number for his number as an annual uh, salary to be twenty to twenty five million or whatever that's going to be. Yeah, because uh, then once again you start high, right, and then you're going to negotiate and compromise down, and the same thing for these draft picks. So I, I have reason to be that Jeff Duncan's probably just getting this from the Saints and from Sean Payton, and then he they're hoping that this is kind of the this ends up becoming the the new whatever perceived price tag or value of Sean Payton overall. And that yeah. benefits the benefits the pay it benefits the Saints and it benefits Sean Payton. Cause and they're not gonna get they're not gonna get the John Gruden deal. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Two first rounders and two second rounders. That's greed. That ain't happening. That's greed. Now it did end up, you know, end up resulting in a Super Bowl win for him. Right. Because the Raiders are too stupid to change the hand signals in the place <laughs> after he left. But that's just, that's a whole that's other story. That's on them. That's, that's on a them. whole yeah. other story. Uh, but they're not getting that. But they, you know, now they may get a first rounder and a second rounder. So let me ask you this. When you when you look at how the the story is going, and you you said it perfectly where it goes, you spoke too soon and you spoke too much because now – I've, you've created a bad market for me. You did. So how do you fix this? But the biggest way to go about it is Sean Payton said, I'll sit out one more year. And that's what Pat and said. Not have to, yeah. But I'm saying, 
not have to worry about it, create this other entity of thought process. But again, to your point, Sean, just be quiet, man. We know Colin Cowherd is your buddy, but sometimes when you're sitting with your friends, you get a little bit too comfortable. Mm-hmm. You, you, you partners, and I ask you a question, you're like, ah, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, this is what I'm thinking about. And yeah. this is, but you said it on live TV. You said it to everybody. You didn't have to say it. Me you and you could have had a conversation in the back room. Yep. But I'm coming out here on the couch with you, and I feel comfortable because you, my partner, probably gave me some of his wine that he got. And, hey, sip a little bit of this. We're going to go on here on TV like drink champs where people just lose their mind and start talking too much. But now you just created a bad process for everybody. Nobody wins in this deal now. Yeah, I mean, especially if he decides, all right, I don't want to coach this year, and then the, the New Orleans Saints lose, to Patrick's point, because then they're, he's not going to demand as much value right, as a coach right. um, because teams are going to be like, well, if he's out on this, we, can, we have to go in a different direction. But also, right now, he seems to be the hottest name of all the coaches next ye- round of coaching carousel. Mm-hmm. We don't know who's going to be the hottest name. Right now, he's the hottest name. Yeah. He will be a hot name. Of course he will. Yeah, he's still going to be right in the But right now, mix. he is the guy. Like he is, there's no, every one of these teams – they would pay top dollar or whatever they could afford to pay for Sean Payton. And a lot of them, if they had the draft capital, not all of them do, Texans do, they would pay whatever the price tag was there as well. Um, but two first-rounders, uh, that's a little rich for most teams. Well, here's the other part of it, that's too. That's a little rich for just most teams. Just do like the Texans do, just hire a guy and fire a guy for one more, like one more stop gap <laughs> for one more year because the price will go down. Uh, <laughs> the price is going to hey, just go ahead, man. We're going to keep you here. We're going to pay you this one then, year. This is the other deal. Is every report has said, look, Mickey Loomis is not have the driver's seat as much as he's pretending he does right now. He's coming out, and he's trying to make it seem like, oh, we're going to drive a hard bargain. He doesn't have it because technically Sean Payton can walk back and sue the Saints if they do not fire Dennis Allen and reinstate him as head coach. He can go back and, and put and go, hey, man, I have a contract to be the head coach of the team. I walked away. I'm coming back. He, like, I'm the head coach. Dennis Allen may thank him for it too. Like, yeah, he'd be like, "Thank on, goodness, man, please, my can I still job. be your DC?" <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, he can do that, and the Saints don't want to do that either because they know he'd be gone in a couple. Like, they don't want that yeah. either. So it's not They'll that both be leaving. So they're trying to make a mutually agreeable role, mm-hmm. and then I can agree that this is people from the Saints trying to make it look like, "Hey, man, let's go. We'll be win-win." You're like, "No, no, it's not a win-win because that's a win for you, but it screws Sean Payton because he can't win because y'all gonna try and take all his capital." And he can't sign free agents because unless he goes to Denver or Carolina where they have tons of money, yeah. he's costing thirty million dollars of cash off the like you gotta write a thirty million dollar check. Yeah. I That's mean, a lot of money to write before an offseason where you gotta go sign free agents. But um, unless but, but his money doesn't go against yeah. anything else. It's not That's a cap, not a cap figure. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's not a cap figure, but it <laughs> is a check you gotta write. And when you're writing signing bonuses for free agents, because that's how you get big free agents to go to a city like Houston, you now you're saying that's a hundred million dollar offseason. You're ready to write checks. You're for saying 100? for the owner standpoint, for, you got to have yes. liquid capital ready to go. Yes, and, and a all. lot of it to trust a yeah. guy yeah. that's going to come in. That Sean Payton turned around a Saints franchise. I will give him that. I like. I think he's a great hire. I think there is a price limit that if he wants twenty five millions of dollars a year and two first, there's not a league in this team that would be smart to do that. He's well, going to try to reset the market, and he will um, in terms yeah. of annual salary for head yeah. coaches, but also. Um, he, in terms of him him being traded, I wonder if you know the team that 
trades for him. Um, I wonder what type of contract they'll sign him to, like the length of it, too, if he wants that type of money. And what kind of length you're going to invest in? I'm assuming five years at least. Yeah, because well, that was a tr- trade draft the, capital. The yeah. big deal that Gruden got was $100 million, but it was 10 a year. It was 10 yeah. years for 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. So 10 the, for 10 yeah. years. So it was still a huge contract, yeah. but it was 10 a year. Going back to the owners, it's like I told a buddy today. He was talking about this vehicle, and he was like, man, it'll take $100 to fill that thing up. The people that are filling that car up, they ain't worried about $100 to fill it up. That's the same thing with these owners. If I'm writing a check for a coach to be able to do that, I obviously have the money. Like the Carolina Panthers owner is one of the richest people in the yeah. world. Mm. He ain't worried about writing that check. No, I think the, some of those other people. No, I think the Panthers about. and the Broncos can do it. Yeah. I think those are probably the yeah. only two teams that can do that right. and it not affect them. Bottom line-wise. Yeah, like yeah. affect them long-term of, right. hey, man, also we got to make some tough decisions now about who we're going to go after. And we're going to have to sign – like, we can't do cash over cap at all. Yeah. But that's like if you look at Sean McVay's paid more because he's in L.A. And Stan Kroenke was a I have plenty of cash guy. I got, I got so plenty of cash. So there's there's those teams. Yeah. If he wants to go to one of those, that's fine. But the Texans I, aren't one of those. <laughs> I don't I don't think the Texans are. Um, I, don't I can they, blow. They could, they, could, they, they could break tendency, which is probably yep. what they need to do because what they have been doing right now hasn't been working. So exactly. it's like the old George Costanza thing. Uh, maybe you need to do the opposite um, because whatever you're doing right now hasn't been working, and it right. hasn't. So do the opposite. You, right. You're one of those uh, franchises that didn't want to pay big money for a coach. Maybe this is the time to say, oh. you know what, we're going to pay big money for but, a coach. But that's the difference. I think if it's $20 million and he's making like 18. And then you say, all right, we're going to get the rest, and it's like $23 million I'm showing out this year. That worries me less than he wants twenty five, and then he wants to bring in Vic Fangio, who's going to be at least a mil probably as a coordinator. And like, you're, like I'm just saying, player personnel is another eight hundred grand. It adds up real quick that I think at a certain point you go, well, I've, I agreed to pay you. Tw- I didn't think that I was going to have to pay – Thirty-five million. I mean, that comes with the th- territory. Though. When you hire a coach, you I, assume you're going to pay I, top dollar for the I, staff. And I also, pay him in crypto. I, I'm thinking it's Cal McNair who doesn't. <laughs> Cal McNair don't think ahead very much, right? right. I know, right. but that's my thing. Like Cal McNair, supposedly here, if he is going to hire a Sean Payton, he's going to go over the head of Nick Casario, supposedly, yeah. um, and he is going to kind of break the. Uh, break tendency uh, and break character, if you will, and just hire a true football man to yeah. take over everything, which he hasn't done. His dad did, but not him as the owner. Um, so it's it's an interesting conversation. I, I don't know whether this puts the Texans can pay for it. They can pay two first round picks. Yeah, they can. They can, they can offer one from uh, 2022's draft. And sorry, one from 23. Sorry, sorry 23 draft yeah, and 24. Yeah. Yeah. 23 and 24 draft. They can do it because they got two in each of those drafts. So it wouldn't. Wouldn't hurt them. Wouldn't kill them to do it. Right. Um, but that's a lot to give up. And like Patrick mentioned, you want to pay them top dollar to be the highest paid coach in the league. Yep. Um, speaking of money, straight cash. Uh, Ravens coach John Harbaugh and their GM for the Ravens, um, Eric DaCosta. He um, they held the press conference on Thursday, and I guess they wanted to set the record straight on Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this press conference, there was a a wholehearted um, kind of all in um, a comment from John Harbaugh about whether Lamar Jackson was going to be the future quarterback for the Ravens. He said uh, definitively 100%, you know, 200%. Lamar Jackson is our quarterback. He's been our quarterback um, and he, he's going to be our quarterback of the future. And then he wants Lamar back. So that's what John Harbaugh believes. But as you mentioned yesterday, Harge, he ain't, he ain't the one negotiating this deal. No. 
Uh, Eric DaCosta, who is the GM, is the one negotiating deal. And strangely enough, he said something weird at the press conference. Of course he did. He said something very strange. Some people are not allowed to talk, Rod. Um, he, <laughs> yes, right? Like, yes, that's the point. Just getting yourself in trouble. Exactly. Um, he said, he said, we're excited to start up negotiations with Lamar Jackson in his introductory, introductory remarks. He said that. Um, but then he started talking about uh, it being a challenge because Lamar Jackson represents himself in mm-hmm. these negotiations. Um, and DeCosta spoke to the duality of Lamar Jackson and the agent and Lamar Jackson, the player. DeCosta emphasized that he loves Lamar, the player. DeCosta didn't say anything about his feelings toward Lamar. The agent was possibly says maybe it's something in itself. Um, but he uh, also, DeCosta began answering questions um, about getting a deal done. And he said, quote, it certainly takes two to tango. And he kept making kind of these cryptic comments about uh, just the dealings with Lamar Jackson, who is negotiating his own deal at this time. So here's here's the one thing that I always look at in these types of situations, because, Rod, you went through a contract negotiation at the NFL level, but you weren't at the ones negotiating the contract. You had your right. agent handling yeah. that. As somebody who was playing professional baseball, I had an agent that handled that. I always go back to this Marquise Grissom arbitrary arbitration hearing. Hmm. Our Marquise had one of the best seasons he had ever had up until that point. He felt like he deserved X amount of dollars because this is what he put out there. But when you go and you compare it to other quarterback or other center fielders at that time, no matter how much you think they love you, <laughs> they love the bottom line, and they always will care about that. But your agent shields you from a lot of that conversation. But when you're representing yourself, there's no shield anymore. Mm. Now, we can take Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman ended up marketing himself. He ended up negotiating his last contract, and he went through the whole process, which made it, oh, man, I can do that. But prior to that, he had an agent Mm -hmm. that got him to that point. And I believe that's the one thing that is hurting this whole deal was that Lamar, always bet on yourself. I totally get it. The new day and age of everything and the way things are going, totally understood. You wanted to cut out the middleman, didn't want to pay no money nowhere else. I get that. But at a certain point, you should have kept your agent up until – you were ready to get that other contract where you've gone through the entire process. Because the one thing, you become now that person that's holding the grudge because now they're saying it to your face. There's no buffer. Mm -hmm. There's nobody blocking that conversation for you anymore where you can kind of go out there and he can say, hey, man, this is what they think about you. But he ain't telling them everything that they think about you because there's some things that you got to hold back so he'll understand and now he's getting it face to face. So he's like, no, nah, man, I see exactly how y'all feel about me because I'm in this room with you. Mm-hmm. And now that's why I love him as a player. Don't love him as the agent, basically, because the agent now is like, I can't. Now you the agent representing yourself and you, <laughs> what you going to do? 
man, they don't like you. I know they don't like me. Mm-hmm. You talking to yourself, and Go now you second guessing everything that's yeah. happening, which is why I'm injured, not going there anymore. Your agent would have told you, hey, man, at least go on the trip. At least be around. Mm-hmm. Save some face in this situation. That's what they're there for. It's a tough situation for Lamar. We thought that. Well, I know I thought that from the very beginning. When I found out he was representing himself, I was like, ooh, this is tough, man. You got an MVP. You got all the things. You've done a lot. But these people are looking at you now. Because remember the story going into the playoffs last year, he hadn't won a playoff game. Yep. Then he went and won the playoff game, and now what you gonna say? You can't say that anymore. So it's a it's a tough grind for both both sides involved. You make a great point, um, and mostly because of your experience uh, in the pros and having to deal with this kind of stuff. Um, and did you have an agent, same agent the whole time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same agent the whole time. And you know the point that that I got from what you're saying is that essentially. When you have to represent yourself, there's going to be um, some um, some unfortunate, <laughs> yeah. inconvenient, and almost and hurtful, hurtful. truths that, yep. are, that are thrown Absolutely. out there during that negotiation. And the agent's supposed to be the buffer. Mm-hmm. And he, there is no buffer. There's he's getting that. And because of that stuff that's happening, you, you're making me think he's going to end up leaving that organization. He posted on his on his social media the other his, day. Yeah, it's like well, it's like a couple, right? There's sometimes you've been in a, a fight with your significant other, is saying some things, having that conversation, having exchanging hurtful truths. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. and but you know, you, there's a line you cannot cross. He's like, I can't, I can't say you can't, that. And a I lot can't, of times you can't even teeter. Yeah, on that line, you say that you can't. Oh, yeah, there's no she can't unhear that it. Back. They can't unhear yeah. it. Can't walk that back. That y'all, y'all, you, said you that crossed with the Rubicon chest. at that point. Yeah, yes, I you mean, said that with y'all, your chest. Y'all are gonna be a different couple after for that. for sure. Yeah, y'all, y'all will never be the same. Never. And it's possible that happened during mm-hmm. these negotiations. Mm-hmm. That they there was something said by them that usually your agent would hear, and then he would soften that message for you. Exactly. But you heard it from the horse's mouth, and you went, "Oh, this okay." That's how you feel, huh? So I'm with you, man. I I, th- I think you got me thinking that, and I know I'm. Um, Pro Football Talk Mike Florio said the Dolphins are keeping up with what's going on because they're watching it closely. I saw him post a a picture of him in a Washington Commanders uniform. There you go. Lamar posted it. Uh, We got a texter here that says, uh, to the greatest sports talk radio station, here's a high take from Hutto. Look for Lamar to the Colts. Think about it. Ursay has to get off uh, get off the one-year QB train. He's just the type of guy to get a guaranteed contract. He's just the guy to love the sizzle mm-hmm. of the move and a number four pick to play with. That's not bad either. That's not a bad look. That's not a bad one either, man. Nope. That, you know what? He was. He's tired of that, that, yeah, that one, one and done situation yeah. happening that quarterback. Yeah, I think there are at least three or four teams, if we really thought thinking about it, four, maybe more than that. No, I think the, entire, the, NFC, the entire NFC South will probably be involved in that conversation because <laughs> <laughs> they were the entire one that was involved in Deshaun Watson. Yep. And that's the guy that, yep. for me, all this mm-hmm. comes back to is he goes, I want that guaranteed contract. And they say that guaranteed contract is a non-starter. A fully guaranteed contract is a non-starter for the Baltimore Ravens. And he says, well, that is where we're starting with me. Yep. It's like, hey, man, yep. that's if you're in a relationship with a girl and, and she and he goes, I'll put you on the lease. I'll get married. I'll do mm-hmm. that. And he goes, I want to join bet checking account. He goes, nope. Checking accounts say different. Mm-hmm. She goes, well, that's a deal breaker. That's a deal breaker. And I feel like they're at that point right now where the Baltimore Ravens have said, you are not getting a fully guaranteed contract. No matter how many times you ask us and no matter mm-hmm. how – we'll take the whole season. You come back, you're not getting mm-hmm. it. So that's what it seems. Like there's at least something in there that is a non-starter for the Ravens. 
because they keep going, well, it takes two and you got to do this. Like, I feel like he's negotiating with you, but there's just one part of it where you're not even close. And yeah. that's where, and that doesn't normally seem like a uh, $250 million to $300 million. That seems like a cl- like guaranteed money. No, I'm with you. I, I, I'm starting to feel that way too, and it's we've never seen it before. And then you don't know how to read and interpret the Greg Roman move, right? It's, right. Are they are they moving on from Greg Roman because they're moving on from that offense, which in, inevitably they means potentially they're moving on from Lamar Jackson because he was perfectly suited for that offense, or do they want to? And this is what John Harbaugh is hinting at. They they want to evolve, and so evolving Lamar Jackson's skill set too, because I think. I think there's some football minds out there, execs or whatever. They don't trust dual threat quarterbacks. They just don't. They, they that's won't. Just, that's they haven't trusted. They won't. Yeah. They there's something in them that believes. And you know what? There are some stats that only back it up because of the know, the kind of the, the rigid mindset, the rigidity of the mindset about the quarterback position for so long. Um, but there have only been two quarterbacks that have rushed for more than 400 yards in their career and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's just Russell Wilson and Steve Young. That's it. Yeah. There hadn't been a ton of those guys, really, in kind of the modern, you know, Super Bowl era. Um, so there's still a belief that, oh, man, those guys, they're too dangerous. Um, and, you know, the, there's a high risk. They're too exposed. They're going to get hurt. And it's a non traditional w- way to try to win a Super Bowl. So they just don't trust it. I always, I, I compare it to it's like having a dual threat quarterback as your franchise quarterback is like dating a stripper. It's really exciting. Everybody loves it, but it doesn't often lead to the long-term goal of getting married. Um, I, it's very rare. I know the guy who dated the stripper then married the stripper. Right. You date the you date the, the woman who used to be a stripper and then marry her. She's like, oh, I used to be a stripper. Now I'm a nurse. Yeah. I used to be a stripper. Now I'm a you know. Oh, now I'm I'm, I'm in pharmaceutical sales. Whatever it is, right? It's a, most strip. It's only like ten percent of strippers that are actually married. Yeah. It's a hard life to be married in, and just like a you know a dual threat quarterback, as we found history will tell you, it's hard to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback and also be a dual threat quarterback. It hasn't happened a ton. There's not a lot of history of that long term success in meeting that goal. Yeah. That's why there's a little bit of you know I think for those guys there's a, there's a little bit of caution when it comes to investing in a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, giving anybody a all guaranteed contract. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. That's uh, a that's a risk that you you have to look at, and you try to find the reward in it. But right now, there's not a lot of reward <laughs> when you're representing yourself, and you got to hear those harsh words every single time. But here's the thing that made me think that this thing was over when John Harbaugh said, 200 percent behind him. I want, I believe, 200 percent. We can work this out. There's only 100 percent, bro. Mm. There's no 200%. Hey, you give 110? Yeah, no such People thing. People have given 110% happens mm, all the time. No such People thing. People give 110% all the time. I, I've yet to see that happen. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. It's a saying. Yeah, it is definitely a saying. <laughs> Some things just ain't right, dog. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, what you got coming up on Hard Stock Life? Speaking of 200%, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFC East and what was the expectations <laughs> of the NFC East and where we are today. <laughs> It is uh it is a sight to behold because we're not used to being here. You're talking about the most competitive conference in the NFL. And Come it went on. from like the worst yeah. conference in the NFL to the best. Yeah, it's yep. crazy. Uh we'll talk about that coming up right here on Harsh Knock Life on um, Ball Don't Lie, one of the horns. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike. 
You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass that's in charge of 512 Friday and all the themes throughout the week. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And we love it when you're a part of the show and we've been seeing you hitting us up on the Specs text line 512 512- 337-3776. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the NFC East because for a long time they used to say the NFC least. Well, this season and last season, it started to turn for the better. And before the season, the biggest questions that were out there was, what is going to happen in the NFC East? Are the Dallas Cowboys going to end up faltering? Are they going to get rid of Mike McCarthy, even though Mike McCarthy took him to a 12-win uh, season and a playoff berth, and everybody was still up in arms. I was one of them. I was yep. not happy about it. There were some things that I didn't think he was able to do. And, again, I had to come in here last week and say, he did take us to back-to-back 12-win seasons and got a playoff win. So got to give him some respect, got to put some respect on his name. Mm-hmm. And then you were trying to figure out what was going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles. Is Jalen Hurts the true quarterback that everyone was looking at? Is he going to be that leader? Well, before he got injured, he was the leader for MVP. His team was playing at a very high level. He was uh, right at the top, right there with Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. as a possible uh, MVP candidate. Then you look at what the Giants were going to do, and you got Dayball coming in, and is he going to be able to turn around this franchise? Uh, Danny Dimes, he's just out there. He's a lost cause. (laughs) He's got them playing in the divisional round again this weekend Mm -hmm. against Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. And then the Washington Commanders, they go out and they get – Carson Wentz, is this going to be it for Carson Wentz? We don't know. Going into the season, is he going to be able to right the ship? We know that they've had a tough time over there in Washington. But mm-hmm. is this what uh, Ron Revere, R- Ron Revere, Riverboat Ron, Riverboat is he going to be Ron. able to turn around Carson mm-hmm. Wentz? Not only that, Carson Wentz is coming back to the same division, to, to the same division where he was the leader in the clubhouse for the Philadelphia Eagles until one big Nick Foles came in in and took him to the Super Bowl and got Mm -hmm. a championship. So all those questions were out there leading into the season. Well, as the season kept going along, Jalen Hurts started playing better, kept playing well. Devontae Smith, they made the trade for A.J. Brown coming in. They drafted well, and they were the best team in football. And for a long time, you and I and Patrick kept saying the best team in the NFC is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. The second best team is the San Francisco 49ers. And the third best team were the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't matter the order. You could flip them around. At times, they would looked a little bit better than the others. But Philadelphia stayed undefeated for a very long time. So you had to give them their props. Mm-hmm. You looked at what Mike McCarthy was able to do. You trade away. Amari Cooper, we thought that was terrible. 
while Randy Gregory didn't know who was going to be able to cover up that end of it. And then you get rid of Lyle Collins. Yep. And then we're like, uh-oh, what are we going to do to figure out that line of scrimmage? Well, Tyron Smith ends up getting hurt. You draft Tyler Smith. My man Patrick pulled the sound the other day of me losing my mind when they <laughs> grabbed the wrong Smith. <laughs> but he he's ended up playing unbelievable football great, for man. us. I mean, really good. I, I've been very impressed. You know mm-hmm. what else Mike McCarthy did? He shored up the, the penalties. The Cowboys weren't being penalized near as much as they were before. So there was a lot that has changed. Not only that, he figured out a way to move all the different pieces on the D, on the O-line to make it work. Were there some times that we were still questioning him? Absolutely. There was plenty of times that you were going to do that. Mm-hmm. The one thing we still hadn't figured out, who was going to be that other wide receiver that was going to take a, a Cedric Wilson's spot. We see now Cedric Wilson, when he went – to the Dolphins, he wasn't a part of anything that they had success with. He wasn't any – the Cowboys made him who he was, mm-hmm. and he got a chance to go make some money, and that's exactly what he did. And then you tried to figure out – we were talking about Kelvin Joseph. Is he going to be the guy? Well, they have brought in four different <laughs> defensive backs to be able to replace him, but it seems to have worked. Mm-hmm. So kudos to Mike McCarthy. Then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles. We just talked about how well they've done, the, ch- the changes that they made. Even though a lot of people don't like Nick Sirianni, I was one of those. He's a little bit too much for me, a little too much rah-rah. But he's <laughs> made it work. Yeah, he's man. made it work, and those guys play hard for them. But the NFC East got better. They got stronger. And people didn't want any of that smoke from the NFC East. And then again, we go back to what we were seeing with the Giants. The biggest thing that I was worried about was if Saquon is healthy, is Danny Dimes going to be able to take care of the football? Both of those things came true. He took care of the football. He looked like he matured and played mm-hmm. a lot calmer. Uh, and even without number one wide receivers, you talked about that a little bit yesterday, Rod, about how many players were missing from them. Oh, they got a practice squad player that they just picked up that was their leading receiver last week in a big game, in a playoff game. So for them to go out there and make that that change after they had to deal with Joe Judge as their offense. Joe Judge. Do you remember when Judge took it the first job and he had them running laps? Got, yeah. He doing had them push-ups. run ups and doing push-ups yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you're coaching in the NFL. These dudes are making way more money than you. They want you to treat them like men, not as childs. And now he's over there dealing with the same thing with uh, uh, oh. Belichick over in New England. We don't know who's if he's calling plays. We have no idea what's happening. And I don't know who's doing their special teams either. You're yeah. still trying to figure that out. But as the season went on, you saw the Washington Commanders. And the main thing about it is you start looking at who they were at the beginning. They made the change, and they were in the playoff hunt to the very last game. Every mm-hmm. team in the division was above 500 or at 500. The division went 43-25-1. and 20, 43-25-1 That's amazing. As a division. And now you have three teams from the NFC East that are playing on a divisional weekend. And one of them's going to get knocked out, and they have a possibility of playing. Well, two of them may get knocked out. We don't hope it happens like that. 
But at the end, you could have it. You're definitely going to have an NFC East representative mm-hmm. playing in the championship game to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And you may end up having two of them if That's everything crazy. goes right this weekend to be playing for a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Last year, you had San Francisco playing L.A. Rams for that chance to go, Mm -hmm. which was cool. And the NFC West, was that's where they were. But this time, you have a chance for the NFC East to represent uh, the NFC in in the Super Bowl. So it's been an intriguing year for the NFC East because for a long time, we all know that the record was Mm -hmm. 8-8. if you went 8 and 8, you can have a chance to win the division and we also know that you also had alternating champions every year. every single yeah. year. But this year we had double digit winners. Everybody was in there making their deal. So I I truly believe that this has been one of the best years for the NFC East in a very long time and I'm hoping with Dak Prescott still being the quarterbacks. It looked like Danny Dimes is still going to be there. And it also looks like Jalen Hurts has secured himself as the number one starter, that this could be something that we're going to see all the time. I'm excited about it. I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to the divisional weekend and seeing how all of these teams kind of figure out who's going to be the representative. So I think it was a really cool thing for them, especially coming into the season where nobody thought the NFC was going to have any success. No, you're right about that. Uh, Everybody was down on the NFC uh, this year and turns out ends up being the most competitive conference uh, and one of the most competitive conferences, uh, sorry, most competitive divisions in the history of the NFL. So that's crazy. And the most competitive year the NFL has ever had. Um, so, no, nah, man, you're right about that. And hopefully that's good for the Cowboys. Hopefully that means they're battle-tested, um, that, you know, they've been through the NFC East, um, so they've seen some of the best uh, football and had to play some of the best football just to survive the NFC East. And hopefully that means that um, the 49ers um, will get uh, shocked yeah. by the uh, competitive uh, prowess, if you will, the Cowboys have been able to generate just playing in the toughest division in all of football. All right, we come back. We'll go off the record on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain man comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, a couple of stories for Off the Record. Um, so this comes from New York Post. Two off-duty New York uh, PD, uh, NYPD officers who were apparently caught having sex inside a car at a Brooklyn precinct after the woman's um, cries from the police uh, were mistaken for cries for help. And so residents nearby called 911. Said the hanky panky allegedly went down outside the 79th precinct in uh, Bedford 
in the uh, lot where police officers park their personal cars. It's around 1.30 a.m. Um, according to the 911 report, the concerned caller told police uh, he um, hears a woman screaming in a parking lot um, where the vehicles are at. And he thought they were cries for help. Turns out they were not cries for help. They were cries of pleasure, um, but probably inappropriately in the parking lot where the two officers were right. supposed to park their personal cars. Yeah. Uh, two other officers then came out of the precinct to investigate and found the cops, a man and a woman who, according to sources, uh, were partially naked and pulling on their clothing in a car in the lot on Green Avenue near Tompkins Avenue. Um, the cops, who are also partners on the job, ooh, not good, are said to have been having an ongoing affair and one that became well-known in the precinct um, after the man's wife found out and created havoc at the station last summer. Still going on. This is a lot, this is a lot of stories we're starting to hear about Pope cops Pope having it yeah, in, huh? inappropriate relationships on the job. Yeah. So, Pope. NYPD spokesperson pointed out 911 call did, uh, did not include an allegation of sex, adding that nothing in the investigation that determined the police uh, found anybody having sex. But, uh, yeah, so... I guess they're, they're trying to deny that some of it happened, but uh, yeah, so that's the latest. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. I don't yeah. know what's happening. Oh, you know the lady who oh, we yeah. talked about, Megan Hall, mm-hmm. uh, who had the, um, uh, had the affairs with several officers at her job? Um, I mean, that was like five or six different uh, officers real team player. at the job. Huh? Real team player. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> you want to say it like that. Um, there was, there was only one allegation of a threesome. Other than that, we just think there were individual, uh, tris, if you will. Um, but anyway. <laughs> What'd you say, a tris? Th- yeah, I guess one of the ways of saying it. Yeah, she was just engaging in the two-back beast with a lot of guys. Uh, but her, her husband, they're standing together. It was reported the other day. He's got a, he's going to stick it out with her. Yeah. Yep. The husband of the, her name is Megan Hall. Um, and yeah, he says he's going to try to salvage their marriage after she was fired for having, you know, sexual relations with six different officers at the job. Oh, and one officer and his wife, because they had, they're the ones who had the threesome, Mm -hmm. the menage a trois. Mm -hmm. He's going to try to work it out. What do y'all think about this? We're trying to work it out. He's, 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 he's. I feel bad for him. Yeah, that's come on, bro. That's all it. You got to have a lot more self-confidence than that. I don't think he does, obviously. Yeah, because he he admitted that she lied and said they had an open marriage and they were not. It was not an open marriage. She lied about that. She got so an open now, marriage like Jada Pinkett Smith got an open marriage. <laughs> One of them's open. So here's the biggest question. Here's the biggest question to it. They went through the conversation. She said that they had it. He said that they did not. So as now he's saying, okay, now that I understand what our relationship is, I think we can work it out. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe he point. understood. Like, okay. No, I'm I think a- this dude's a clown who just walked out. I was like, <laughs> and she was, he was like, no, no, this is a misunderstanding. I said, could you leave the door open? She thought we had an open relationship, slept with the whole precinct. But now I told her it was the door I wanted to open. Our relationship's closed. She's like, that's cool. So we're going to be good. Uh, I'm just going to keep paying because she lost her job. So I'm going to pay all the bills. I'm going to keep everything going. And then, yeah. you know, we, we just keep it going, fix the marriage. Wow. Um, yeah, people are fascinated with this story. But it seems to be. Yeah, it's just it, it just it's just a wild story. It's got everything you you want. It's I'm not judging. It's salacious. Do your thing, whatever it may I'm be. I'm definitely not judging. I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's staying with it, man. That's like I said, man. That's loyalty right there. I like this answer right that's here. That's hardcore right people there. People might man. say she works well with others. <laughs> <laughs>
Like Patrick said, real team player. Uh, team player. Six uh. different dudes at the job. And they've all been fired now and relieved of their duty, I believe. Um, but be- because, remember, I think it's strict. The reason why mm. they got let go, because I think they were having that on the clock. Yes. Kind of like what you yeah. just reported was, to us a yes. little while ago. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And it, uh, they were sending inappropriate texts and messages like on company email yeah. with company phones and stuff too, which yeah. you can't do that either. Can't do that. Yeah, if you want to engage in some wild sexual conduct, as long as it's consensual, yep. let's get it get it going. Good for you. Get where you need to be. Yeah, as long as it's consensual and yep. all parties consent and y'all are of age <clears throat> and mm-hmm. you're adult and mature enough to handle it, then go right ahead. Do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you should. if you're married, you should. your partner should know if you're doing that kind of stuff. Come on, man. Yeah, that's that is, wild. Uh, we That's crazy. I, yep. I would definitely have to move on. I'm sorry. I can't stay with you after that. Six dudes? <laughs> I couldn't stay after one dude. I don't know. I couldn't stay after one dude. Could you say after, I, I couldn't stay after one dude. Six dudes? Robbie out there trying to get pulled over and have confrontation with cops. <laughs> no, I would not. That's, that's another reason that's I would another, never be out. No, no, no. You're having no. an with cops? Oh, no, I'm definitely out. No. <laughs> go, go. No, that's, that's oh, oh, no. Oh, God. That's, that's bad, man. But, yeah, six dudes. I, I, feel, I feel bad for him because that just means he, you know, yeah. he knew it was happening. He knew what he was. If, it's, if you stand with you knew it was happening. Yep. He, had already, he had already accepted I this months you. ago. He yeah, knew. He knew who he married. He did. He, you're right. He knew. He, he he wanted to fake it like he didn't know. He, she's she's tatted up like everything you can't see on her body is like tatted up. Like yeah. she's this got sleeves dude, on the legs. This dude's yeah. just trying to save face because his parents are calling him. You married a wild one. You you know you should you be married that. somebody who's too wild for you. Yeah. No, but no, everybody but, knows I, that. No, but I think he's Ma- all fine with it. And then it's like his parents are calling. Like what happened? And he's like, oh oh, so sad. Well, no, it is sad. <laughs> well, is she? getting that freaky with you at home that's when it's really that's, sad yeah because i doubt that's happening no. i think she's going elsewhere for all of it and you get none of it and that's really get none of it yeah, come that, on man that, she's yeah. saving all that freaky stuff for other other places that is a bad spot man that's why he's that's why he married her. he that's thought a, oh i'm yeah. getting all this freaky yeah. stuff he ain't getting none of it he's yeah. just getting sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> sweatpants that's all you get <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hey, man. Don't be hate no sweatpants, by the way. I'm a married <laughs> man, so sweatpants do come out every now and then. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into Cowboys 49ers preview, divisional round previews, all that more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful, not the horn.